So I say revival, fire. We read the scripture. Let's put it and we're going to read it again. Second Chronicles chapter number 7 from verse 14. Let's go there again. Second Chronicles chapter number 7 from verse 14. And then we read it and I'll explain a few things and then we're going to pray and go home. Help you, Marks. Second Chronicles, chapter number 7, verse 14. Yes. One, two, three. It's fine. I'll call you back. And turn. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. This is our scripture for revival. Now we know that, that this scripture was born out of the encounter that Solomon had with the Lord. Amen? Solomon had dedicated the, uh, the temple. He has, that was, he dedicated the temple and he asked God to, to be in favor of what he has done. And God said to him, I have chosen this place. And my face will be on the place. But he said, but when I shut the heavens and there is no rain, it means that some of the things that are happening are not necessarily the devil. Sometimes God is calling our attention. Because here he said, if I shut the heaven, there's a devil shut the heaven. He said, if I shut the heaven so that there no, be no rain. Amen? Amen? You know, in a nation, I'm not for God destroying nations or not. But I know that sometimes God calls the attentions of people. I know that sometimes there are some events that happen in the nation that are a clear sign that God is calling us back to him. Amen? And, and he said to Solomon, if I do all this, and if my people, listen, it means that God does not shut the heavens to be mean. He's shutting it because he said, there is only one key, come back to me. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, Amen? And pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Amen? So I told you there are steps for revival. Revival does not happen because we wish it can happen. Revival happened because we follow the blueprint of heaven. And the first step of revival is to humble ourselves. And I said to you last Sunday, humbling yourself means that you need to acknowledge that you need God. Doesn't matter your, your state, doesn't matter your position in this world, you need God. There's no one that says, I don't need God. Those who say they don't need God, the Bible calls them fools. Amen? 
So if you have money and you don't say, I don't need God, God said you are a fool. Do you know why God said you are a fool? Because money cannot buy everything. Money cannot buy life. Money can give you a house, money can give you a car, but money cannot give you life. So when we talk about wealth, in God's understanding, wealth is not money. In the world, wealth is things that we acquire. They say we, it's, it's, it's worth 15 million. It's worth 10 million. It's worth, I say, it's only that that you are worth. The richest man on earth, he worth 5 billion. I say, is that all? He's a small guy. Because if that's all you're worth, you are a small guy. I know what I'm worth. Yes. I know what I'm worth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, you buy anything at the price of the value. At the value. So our value was the blood. So if you want to know your worth, know the worth of the blood of Jesus. So it cannot be purchased by money. No, it's impossible. So, so you say, humble yourself. Humility is to declare that I, I can do nothing if it's not God, if it's not for God. Humility. Then he said, if they pray, they pray. Remember the, the beginning of revival is always prayer. Hey, guys. You can go and study history and you can study revival. Revival will happen on the altar of real prayer. Where people come into the presence of God and they start to pray. And when people start to pray, the first thing that happens is the consciousness of the fact that, Lord, we are not even worth, if it's not your grace, to stand in your presence. You feel your humanity when you are standing before God. Because he's so big, he's so vast. I say he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. Now a human being come. How do you think we will feel like? No wonder when John saw Jesus on the island of Patmos. Remember, John was the one that says, I am the disciple that Jesus loves. When he saw Jesus, he fell. Because he saw Jesus in the glorified body. And Jesus said, John, it's I. I was dead, but now I am alive. John, when he saw the glorified Jesus, he realized his smallness. Oh, you think you are big? <laughs> I, was, I was in the plane, and when we took off, things were a bit big. And the further we went in the sky, they became small until we didn't even see the houses anymore. Never mind the people. And you think you are big. They can't even see you from a plane. You disappear. Hallelujah. 
It's God's grace that is upon us. It's God's grace. I want you to know that it is God's grace. I saw people that hit their chest and say, you know who I am. Today you can go to a grave. It's God. People that claim to be somebody. I mean, when they were alive, when they talked, no more. That mouth that talks is God. God is showing us people that we are everything in him, but apart from him, we are nothing. Apart from the God we are talking about, we are nothing. So prayer expresses our dependence on him. The more you pray, the more you are dependent on him. Because when you see the need of depending on God, you have to go on your knees and say, Lord, I need you. A praying person is a humble person. Because then you know, I need you. Look, in 1984, there was a revival in Argentina. And that revival began like this. A couple of young people went to see their pastors and they say, the pastor, and they say, Pastor, we need, there is more, we need more. And the pastor said, okay, it's fine. There is more, let's pray. And there were about 50 people. And then they start to pray. When you read the book of the revival, in one of the books, they say they pray so much. And they cry out so much to God that at the stage, their tears became like, became like a pool of water. That's how, that how much they were in agony before God. And they were trusting God for God to fill up the church with people. And they were trusting God that uh, maybe they will move to 200 people and whatever. When they start to cry out to God, God surprised them. The power of God came in the place. Listen, the whole Argentina was shaken by the initiative of 50 people. Shaken. They said the church went from 50 quickly to 5,000. And everywhere, the state of Argentina before that revival was crime and everything. And when the revival came, the crime level went down. Mm -hmm. The crime level went down. Revival in other countries, the, the land was so affected that even the crops changed. You heard about the revival in Uganda eh? in the time of Idi Amin. You heard it. The people were crying out to God. The church of South Africa has become lazy. You know what we do? We sit in our lazy couches and we criticize Cyril Ramaphosa. That's all we do. As if Cyril, President Cyril Ramaphosa was ordained to change something. The Bible never says Cyril Ramaphosa is a light. He said, you are the light. Yes. Now the light stops shining and ask darkness to shine. There's no light in darkness. When the church fails its mission, we turn to government. Actually, if you want to know the state of a church in a country, look at the government. Yes, I must be honest with you. Because the corruption in the government is also in the church. Because they have taught you so much that you, you don't need to do this. You didn't, that you have become lazy. 
We don't know that Jesus, Jesus that we are serving, Jesus prayed the whole night. He was endued with power. The Holy Ghost came in upon him at baptism. And the Bible says, after the Holy Ghost came, he was driven in the wilderness. Come on. The Holy Ghost came upon him, and then that spirit drove him to go and fast. The Holy Ghost didn't come upon him to say, now you have power. No, when the Holy Ghost came, it drove him into the wilderness where you meet God. You know, you know the wilderness is a place of meeting with God. When you are detached from the things that make you comfortable, where you are uprooted from your comfort zone, it's in that place where you meet God. Listen, let me tell you something. There are some situations in your life, although it's not good, sometimes you must thank God, not for the, not the situation, but thank God that he allowed you to know how it feels like. Yes. 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 I was... I was talking to somebody, and he said, he said, he knows what it feels like not to have a meal, not to have bread on your table. I said, by God's grace, I know also. He said, what do you mean? I said, I know. I know how it feels not to have 10 rent to buy bread. I know it. I know how it feels to wash a car to just get money to buy bread for your wife. I know how it feels like. I've been there. But I treasure those days because I know if it was not for it, I wouldn't be able to testify to somebody in that place. So some of the things that happen in your life, that's why I say when you are with God, no fear. Because nothing will destroy you. It can seem tough, but you will not be destroyed. I can promise you of something. You will come out stronger than before. There is nothing that will destroy you. You will come out stronger, and you will come out with a testimony. So, so prayer, I, I was talking about the revival in Uganda. You know, there was, the government was, was tough on the Christian at the stage. The people went into the swamps to pray at night. They stood in the forest. There was water. They stood in those water and they called the glory of God over Uganda on that period of time. The witches that was controlling Uganda died out of the prayer of a Christian and then it was like a canopy that was ripped apart and the glory of God fell on Uganda. People were running to church. There was no way to preach to them. They, go, they stand up in the morning. They know that there is a glory of God in churches. They were running into churches to be saved. It will take a man and a woman that can set himself and say, Lord, I need the spirit of revival. Father, I need, I need the spirit of revival. I didn't come into this world to just eat. I came here for an assignment. I don't want to pass through life without fulfilling why you brought me here on earth. Because if God brought you here on earth, it's because he trusts you to shine. You didn't come to just live and just go. Hey, listen. Time is passing. I said, time is passing. You can say whatever you want. You are not like before anymore. Yes, when you look in the mirror, you can tell the truth. You know how you used to look like. You can tell me whatever you want. My challenge to you is go look in the mirror. Yes. When you were born, you didn't have that gray beard. 
Why is it there now? It means time is passing. And we need to get ourselves together. That we need to do why we are here. Hallelujah. That's why I told you I'm not, I'm not a church player. God is calling his church out of a church. Out of a religious setup. People that are fire baptized. Holy Spirit filled. That are not in this world just to buy stuff. But are here to win souls. That are here to bring people to salvation. That are here that through what they are doing the glory of God may be exposed. That, that they, you might not go in the street to preach. But you can bring the glory by your intercession in your house. You might not go to preach. But by your song in your house. You can open a, 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 a open door in the heavens. For angels to minister to other people. You stay in an area. Own it. Own it. Say, by God's grace, I will, not travel, I will not travel through this life and go unnoticed. No, 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 a thousand times no. I don't want to be unnoticed. I want to be noticed by heaven and by the devil himself. Because Paul, the devil knew Paul. He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I knew. I know. What did Paul do for a devil to know him? He was not a devil worshiper. So how did the devil know him? Oh, my God. I hope I have people here that can be so hungry for God today. And say, Lord, yo, 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 yo. God, God, God. You know, I, I came, sometimes I come to a stage in my life when, when, when my wife brings me food, I want to cry. Because when I look at the food, I realize I'm punishing myself by eating. I say, God, I've been eating all my life. What does he achieve? I, I want to spend time with you. I want to know you more. Because in the book of Acts 13, they say, while they were fasting, praying, and ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. So there is a time where any man needs to take conscience of why he's here on earth. Why are we here? What are we waiting for? We're waiting for Christ, the revelation of Christ. It's called the hope of our salvation. Listen, it, you, can, you, can, you can, the Bible says you can speak all languages, but if you don't have that love, you are nothing. Uh, meaning love is not just to kiss people around. Love is to be desperate for them, not to miss their destinies. Not to miss their appointment with God. Not to miss their purposes here on earth. It's to come to a place where you become, Lord, I want you more than I want myself. If they humble themselves and pray and then seek my face. Seeking the face of the Lord does not mean God is lost. No, we're not look, we are not looking for God. Seeking God's face means seeking to know his ways. Seeking to know him and him alone. All this so that I may know you. Paul said, remember Paul was a minister of grace and he was a guy that wrote more than half the New Testament. But remember in the book of Philippians, chapter number three, Paul made a desperate cry. He said, all this so that I may know him. 
All this, he said, I did all this so that I may know him. And, and I'm here to tell you that all this journey is so that we may know him. I, I, I know that we have an idea of him. I know that we have an encounter of him. But we want to know him. We want to know his heart. We want to feel the heartbeat of the Lord. We want to know. We want to know. He said, all this so that I may know him and the fellowship of your suffering so that by, by, by all means attend to the resurrection of the dead. So that I may know him. God is calling a church out of slumber. I say God is calling a church out of slumber. A church that is desperate enough to say, Lord, we are here for something. We are here to display your glory. You know what starts to challenge me is the fact that whatever heaven has purchased for us, we don't experience everything. That one challenged me. I mean, it challenged me. They say Peter went, went to the temple. The man was crippled for 40 years. Peter just spoke to him and said, listen, listen, stand up. The man stood up. We. Don't we have the same Holy Spirit that Peter had? Don't we have the same power that Jesus raised Christ from the dead? Yeah. Bible says the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Yeah. Now, if that spirit is dwelling in us, why is he not doing what he used to do? It means something is blocking it. And then, and then I start to seek the Lord, and the Lord told me what is blocking him is the comfort of the flesh. God is looking for a desperate people that will seek him. That will say, Lord, as long as I am in Bloomfontein, let Bloomfontein be saved. I'm here in Bloomfontein. Let Bloomfontein hear of your glory. Let Bloomfontein hear of the fact that you are God and you are on the throne. Listen, I'm tired of religious stuff. I want the real thing. I want a revival that will last. I want a revival that will affect generations. I want to go. I, I said to God, let my story be a chronicle. <laughs> So it may be recorded for the purpose of a generation to come. I, I, I'm telling you, I, this what I'm saying, I'm not saying you're all going to become full-time preachers. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about being effective where God places you. I'm talking about having kingdom mind and kingdom agenda wherever you are. You, the job you have you didn't have it because you need provision. You had it because God wants you to display his glory. You must know that. Everything that you own is because God wants you to manifest his glory for it. So when you get a job, you are not there for a position. God can feed you without a job. He saves a bird, they don't sow. Ah, they don't, but my, your heavenly father feeds them. God was saying that the purpose of you working is not you, for you to be fed. He can feed you. He said even in your sleep he can feed you. So why does he need you to work? So that you can bring the glory of God in that workplace. God needs people tonight. God needs people that are desperate enough. People that can say, Lord, here I am, send me. Like Isaiah said, he said, Lord, you, might, you didn't even call me, but I'm a volunteer. I'm here, Lord. Do what you want to do with my life. the power of God upon you. I'm talking about, 
I'm talking about people that can be awakened. People that can be awakened. Listen, I'm not, I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm just trying to awaken you. Yes. If you sleep and you cannot wake up for Jesus, there is a problem with you. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm not saying you wake up every day. Sometimes I'm tired and I don't wake up. But what I'm saying is that if your priority is not the Lord Jesus, then you are here for nothing. Any person that the priority is not Jesus is on the earth for nothing. He's passing by. That hunger that we have. I'm praying that God may sow that same hunger in the church. I read the story of the early church. And this early church was really, I don't know why, why we call it early church. Because they started. Now the later house, whose glory is supposed to be greater than the former, is lesser than the former. I can't understand like a man like Elijah that lived in the old dispensation. Where Jesus himself said, it's better for you that I go, because if I don't go, the Spirit will not come. Jesus said, it's better for me to go, because if I don't go, the Holy Ghost will not come. Jesus said, it's better. And the man that lived in the dispensation that is not better had more insight than us. This man could shut the heavens. He could challenge Ahab. And, 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 and people were afraid of him, because he lived in his time for God. This message I'm preaching is for revival. Listen, 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 listen. I can come here and tell you it's all fine. Oh, hallelujah. No, it's fine. I can tell you all this stuff. I'm not saying this so that I can say when you do that, then God is pleased. God is already pleased because you accepted Jesus in your life. He's already pleased at you. But I'm talking about people that say to themselves, there must be more than this. There must be more than whatever we do. There must be more than whatever we have had in our lives so far. There must be more than this. There must be more than this. Say to yourself, I'm tired of being afraid of thieves when I'm sleeping. How, how, why must I be afraid of the children of the devil while I'm a child of God? Why must I be afraid of having an accident where I carry the light? Why must I be afraid of dying a sudden death when I have life in me? Why must I be afraid of this thing? Fear not, little children. It's your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Why must I live in fear? Why must I live in fear? It's like your tummy is like, why must I live in fear? Because I, I don't know where, where what, what my life is going to become. I have the ancient of days walking with me. I have the glory of Israel walking with me. I have a great I am. Why must I be in fear? Why must I live in fear? People live in fear. They listen to news and then they live in fear. America is a, will attack Russia. Russia will. What, what, is this, what is this nonsense people are talking about? If America attacks Russia, America didn't attack you. What is your problem? You live all your life in those things, but the daily difference, you can't make it. Talking about Russia, talking about this. Gaza is going to bombard here, but you are here in Bloomfield, you can't make a difference. You are talking about Gaza. 
You know, when I was at the Bible school, the director told me something. He said, when he came to, every day, he was talking about the Antichrist, the Antichrist, the Antichrist. They have so many Antichrists those days. He said, somebody came here, the pouch on the eye here. You, that was the Antichrist. No, the Pope was the Antichrist. This one is the Antichrist. They all didn't become Antichrist. So he talked so much. His wife called him one day, said, I need a meeting with you. So they had a meeting, and the wife said, when my children are sick, must I call the Antichrist? <laughs> he said, why? He said, because you don't talk to me about Jesus. You are talking to me about the Antichrist. I don't know who Jesus is because you don't teach me who Jesus is. You are just talking to me about Antichrist, Antichrist. Now, today, you don't have bread. You're talking about Antichrist. What is he going to help you? And I'm not diminishing the end time preaching. I preach that. But I'm saying let's live sometime in the now. Let's let live daily. And let's trust God for the future. Say to your God, I don't want to be ignorant of the end time. But I want to make a difference today. I want to be effective today. Amen. Father, thank you for people becoming hungry for you. I see that people are becoming hungry for God. And uh, listen, uh, before you can even think about going and minister, there is a first step. Sit on your bum and be hungry for God. Amen. People are so quick. You want to make a difference, but you are empty. Your first assignment is to sit with the Holy Spirit. Get to know him. Get to know Jesus. Get to know the Father. And out of the fullness, you will minister. You don't minister out of an emptiness. You minister out of the fullness. For after the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have so many people that are jumping and doing stuff, but they are empty. Big words, small hearts. Because I never took time to sit with him and pray and seek to know his ways. Your proof is in, in, in following God is, when not, is not when people are healed. No, that's a small matter. It's not when miracles happen. That, that's a small matter. Eh? Even in the last day, the Bible says wicked people will do that also. No, that's not your proof. Hallelujah. That's not your proof. Your proof that you follow God is the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Amen. If you can't bear the fruit, you are a wrong tree. Father, I'm fair. I thank you for tonight. I pray for hunger in this room. Oh, I pray for people to come to a place of desperation and hunger for you. People that are hungry and say, Lord, Lord, maybe you didn't call me to go full time but I want to make a difference wherever I am. Lord, I want my light to shine. I want the light to so shine so that people may see that whenever I walk, people will discern that there is something in me that they want. There is something. Listen, you will shake the hands of somebody and the person will know that you have, shook, you have shaken the hand. Why? Because there is life that emanates through you to that person. You will, you will, be, in a, you will be there. Listen, you, listen. People will testify about you without you testifying about yourself. 
Uh, when you go there and say, this woman is a Christian, this man is a Christian, look at, I see light in him, I see glory in him. Uh, because you have a place that we call a secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Messiah shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my strength, my God in whom I shall trust. God is calling us back to that secret place because that's where revival happens. The place of encounter, the place of, 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 of groaning, the place of, of seeking his faith, the place of saying, Lord, it's you I need. I'm praying for that. Holy Spirit, invade this room now. There are some people that are already ready. You've been walking this walk for many years. There are some people that have been praying for many years. The prayer, the prayer, the prayer. Listen, the prayer, the prayer. You know this woman sitting there, Val? She's a praying woman. This woman, she's a praying woman. I'm telling you, she's a praying woman. And, 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 and I, I've seen in the spirit how you pray. How you pray even at night. How you pray. You, 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 are, you are a steady person when it comes to prayer. And the spirit is going to give you more. You, the spirit is going to give you more. You're going to arise like never before. The time for manifestation has come in your life and the prayers that you have, listen, oh my God, help me here, help me here, help me here. The prayers that you have sown in the spirit, the prayers that you are, the cries that you have, your tears that you have gone into the altars have been collected by God. And listen, God is remembering your tears. God is remembering your groaning. God is remembering your passion, your passion for, for people, your passion for your children, the cry that you are crying for them, God is hearing you and God will do what he say he will do. You will see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. The grace of the Lord is upon you. I see like a light around your head. That's why I start to speak to you because God said that the light of those who seek me, that the light of those who, who pray, those who, who don't make a noise but pray, those who understand the heart of God. God is putting that upon you right now. Jesus, the spirit, the spirit is upon you. The spirit is upon you too. The spirit is upon you too. Give birth to things in the spirit. Give birth to things in the spirit. Give birth, the strength that you experience, the strength that you experience is not just a physical strength, it's a spiritual strength. There is a groaning of a spirit inside of you and God is going to do it. God is going to do it. God is touching people. God is touching people. Listen. You're going to arise into the spirit of revival like never before. There are some people here, the spirit of the Lord is going to seize your life, arrest you completely. And you wonder, Lord, I need time. Because you realize that your, your craving for the secret place will be greater than the public place. You, you, you long to be with your, your master. You long to be with the Holy Ghost. You will be talking to people and feel, Lord, I'm wasting my time. Hey, I'm longing to be with you. I'm longing. Sometimes people will talk to you and you hear, this is nonsense they are saying. You see, because the spirit has trained your, your ears to hear the voice of the Lord. And God is doing that right now. Holy Spirit, touch, touch people in the room. Lord, I pray that there may be supplication in the room, that there will be groaning in the spirit, that people is going to usher something deep in the spirit. There will be breath in the spirit. Some of you have prayed for things for many years and it feels to you that you didn't see the breakthrough. Suddenly, suddenly, 
a breakthrough will come. Suddenly, God will show forth. Suddenly, God will show up. Suddenly, you know why it took long? God was enjoying the exercise of you pursuing him. You know why it took long? God was enjoying the exercise of you, of you touching him. And God says that, that, that as, 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 you, as you were faithful and as you persevere, I enjoy having contact with you. I enjoy you touching me and me touching you. And now the time has come for me to manifest my glory upon your life so that people that thought that you have wasted your time, that thought you have wasted your energy, will wake up and understand that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is sufficient for you. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. The Spirit of the Lord is calling a generation out. He's calling a generation of people that are able to enter covenant with God in the sense that God will put his spirit upon their life for something unusual. God is not interested in, in big name his ministry. God is not interested. That time is about over. God's not interested in big names. He's interested in faithfulness. He's interested in simplicity of heart. People that are simple in the heart, but are faithful to the agenda for which God called them. God will call them good and faithful servant. God is telling me to tell you, stop, stop admiring big names. Stop admiring big names. Admire my spirit. God is calling you out so that you may be a people that go out with God. He said, come away with me, my brother. Come away with me, my people, so that you may feel my heartbeat and I may feel your heartbeat. When you have that encounter with the Holy Ghost, you feel his heartbeat. You know what he wants. Suddenly, your eyes are open. You see what he sees. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's encounters that are happening right now. There are encounters that are happening. Some of you, you will be so violent in the spirit. My God. There will be a violence in the spirit. You will not accept death like you used to accept anymore. You will not accept it like you used to accept it anymore. Wherever there is death, you will bring life. God is telling me to say to this generation, I want to pour my spirit without measure. But I'm looking for yielded vessels. I'm looking for people that are, whose hearts are open. People that say, Lord, I'm tired of my own pride. I'm tired of me thinking I know everything. I want you. I am humble before you, and I need your presence. Father, I want to be a vehicle of your glory. I want to carry your glory like the cherub carries the glory of God. Oh, God, if you are looking for a living temple, stop looking for I am here. Lord, if you are looking for a man or a woman to use, here I am. Do you know what God is saying? God said, I'll glorify you. And people don't understand. They will think, oh, why, how can God say that? Jesus said, he said, Father, glorify my, your name and let your son be glorified. He said to Abraham, I will make your name great. Abraham was a human being. And God said, I will glorify your name. I will glorify your name. I will make your name big so that you may be a blessing to generation. When God glorifies a man, it's not just for him. It's for generation to come. And I'm praying that God may glorify your name today. That God may make something of you that when your name is called, devil knows that you are there.
a church that is not afraid of the witches. A church that is not afraid of curses. A church that knows that blessing overtake curses. That the answer of curses is blessing. That when there are curses, blessing can come and override the curse. Remember, Gorazim Mountain and Ibal were face to face. And they stood on Ibal to pronounce curse. And God said to Moses, put people in Gorazim to pronounce blessing. So the curse will encounter the blessing. And the blessing stood. Ah. God is looking. I say God is looking. God is looking. The fire of God is coming. The fire of God is coming. I want you to get ready for the fire of God is going to locate and identify people. The fire of God is going to touch people. And people are going to move under the power of God. I see in the spirit some people are going to move like wheels. It's like, it's like, it's like, oh my God, help me. I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something. I see like people are being carried on the wings of the wind. I'm seeing people being carried on the winds of the wings of the wind. You know, what I'm talking about, I know, I know. I've experienced it. I've experienced it. Oh, Jesus, help them. Help these people. Hey, hey. Help them. Help them. Help them. I was about eight years old. And the calling of God was already upon my life. I didn't know it. But my father knew it. And one time we went to the bush, we went to hunt. And among all of them, I got lost. There was a wind that came. And I am speaking as God is my witness. The wind came between me and my brother. It carried me alone. I was on the wind and I was lost. They were looking for me. I was on the wings of the winds. I didn't know what was happening. The wind took me and put me on the road. I was on the road because of the wind. And when the wind sees, I entered the bush again. And when I entered, my brother were there looking for me. I didn't know what happened to me until now I understand that you can be carried on the wings of the winds. And I understand that what happened there was more prophetic than what. I was just eight years old. I was just eight years old. But a wind, the wind of the spirit, it, listen, a physical wind couldn't carry me the way it carried me. It took me and, 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 and my brothers went to the mountain and screaming my name and they couldn't see me. I was in the winds. I was just eight years old. And I'm praying that this experience of a wind may be your experience. You might not be carried by a physical wind, but the wind of the spirit may take you and bring you to place of fulfillment so that wherever God is, you shall also be, that you may go and arise and manifest God in the natural. Father, bring the wind, 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 bring the winds, Father. Bring the wind in the room. Some of you are going to be carried. The experience that you have in the Holy Ghost will change completely. You will have a new experience with the Holy Ghost. It will change completely. I say it will change completely. You will change completely. Even some of you are going to speak in new tongues that you didn't speak before. When you open your mouth, there will be new tongue that is coming. Tongue that you didn't know where it's coming from. Some of you are going to have angelic encounter. As you are faithful to this call, there will be angelic encounters in your life. You're going to, you're going to go beyond your peers. You're going to go beyond them. You're going to manifest God in the natural. The glory of God is upon them, sir. 
The glory of God is upon you. The glory of God is upon you. Help him, help him. The glory of God is upon you. The glory of God is upon you. Whoa. The glory of God is upon you. The glory of God is upon you. Help. Hey! Thank you, Father, for tonight. It's only you 